you will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the New England Society of Geeks podcast. Uh, tonight, we're going to be doing a special episode uh, called the Falcons Lounge, uh, and that was that was thought up by Jimbo. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be like a little subcast we're going to do every so often about Star Wars. And so I brought two big Star Wars fans with me. I have Jimbo, hello, and Cedric, hello. And uh let the uh let the Star Wars talk begin. Excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off, of course, with the most recent thing, and that would be uh solo, a Star Wars movie. Uh I assume we've all seen it. Yes. Yeah. Last night myself. Oh, did you? Nice, yeah. nice, nice. And uh so what did we think of it? Who wants to go first? Alright, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh that it? Well, in depth commentary. You don't have to wait on me. Just, oh, okay. Just open your mouth and <laughs> let the words flow. Well, no, I'm I'm waiting for you, old, old master <laughs> Master um, of the Jedi. I it's funny because at first, you know, with the whole um background story behind its production and everything in the beginning, I kind of didn't have very high hopes for the movie, but then when the trailer came out, which took forever, then I was like, all right, I'm getting excited about this. And uh, then when we went to go see it, I came out of the movie with a big smile on my face. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I, I think I think one of the biggest things was that, uh, I think you're right, it was the lead up, it was the hype, and everybody going... Oh, it's gonna suck, and you know they—they they keep on replacing the two guys that were doing it, and now it's gonna really suck. And now you got, you know, now you got uh, Richie Cunningham. He's—he's uh, he's doing the—he's filming it, and so I'm like, listen, you know, man, it's like let the movie be what the movie be. Yeah. And you know, when I went and saw it, I mean, the production values were fantastic. I thought I thought it was, cinematography was excellent. Mm. I thought the story was good. I thought there was a couple like little like gap holes sure, that sure. you should have seen. But then again, at two hours and thirty minutes long, edited cut like you saw in the theaters. Mm. If it was any longer, I think people would have been. I, I think that was one. <laughs> that, well, that was one of the big biggest complaints about uh, the Last Jedi. Was that, you know, it came in, what, two hours and like 40-something minutes, right? And you're telling a lot of story yeah. in, in that period of time. Some of the things that they did with shooting the scenes, especially early when they were on um, Corellia, mm-hmm. was interesting because they did seem like they were trying to tell you a lot of information in a very compressed amount of time about Han's background right. and his and his girlfriend and and centipede lady and <laughs> and and I felt that that did a really good job. But then 
that that gap, some of the stuff that you'd want to see, I feel like this is almost more like a an eight part HBO series. Not necessarily yeah. a movie because you're trying to hit a lot of points mm. in this guy's career in what should be a heist movie, right? Uh, and I think that's the challenge that we're looking at, right? You're looking at this movie, and I think the people who are concerned are looking at it from the, we have a, a well-established, loved character from the original trilogy, and you're going back and you're giving a prequel of it. Yeah. And you say prequel to Star Wars fans that are <laughs> that are our age. Yep. And yep. there's a certain level of trepidation, Indeed. you know. Yeah. Well, the Kessel Run is in some ways very interesting because it's not defined. Right. Uh by giving it a definition, by giving the Clone Wars a definition, can you live up to the imagination of you playing with those toys as a kid and filling in those gaps yourselves? I don't know. Did this movie no. do a good job of that? I, I think it did decent. Yeah. But I feel that you're trying to tell an awful lot in this story, and it almost, in some ways, raises a lot more questions than it really answers. I mean, you know, well, do you ways, have to yeah. see him win the S- Sabak game? Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. You it, it was fun. It was great. Um, that, that's that's how he won the Falcon. I mean, that's that's part of the lore. That's part of the awesomeness. But I, I think I think one of the one of the biggest things that and I and I, I I can see it from Star Wars fans was that you are you're taking a revered character like Han Solo is probably my favorite character in all of Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Like it always ha- he always has been because he's always been that roguish devil and yeah. you know the guy who just you know doesn't care and you know I know. You know, I mean, he's yeah. just that guy, you know, and, and, and he, he flies the coolest thing. He hangs out with a Wookiee. I mean, you know, I mean, what, what more Star Wars can you get other than like, you know, Luke Skywalker, who was, you know, always thought was kind of moody and, mm. you know, kind of, mom, Jedi, <laughs> you know, boy. you know, and that kind of stuff. But so I can understand why Star Wars fans like were sitting there going, Really? You're gonna take our favorite character in the whole entire world of Star Wars and, you know, basically, you're gonna put him in a movie and you're gonna screw it up and you're gonna mess it up. Cause I mean, they give George Lucas crap and he was the damn creator of the damn movies for making his prequels and, and tinkering with what would become Darth Vader, you know, mm-hmm. and, and. Yeah. I think. And- like I never wanted to see Darth Vader as a little kid. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. So. I mean, yeah. So I mean, it, so it, it was. It was. It was. It was. A, it was a tough movie to try to sell, but I think they did. I, I think. I think Ron Howard did a good job. I think he he made the story yeah. likable. They yeah. didn't knock it out of the park. Yeah, but no. I think they they got a good. You know, two base, three base. Like they, they yeah. did. Yeah, they, they did good well. Solid. And uh, um, ultimately, it, it was a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. It didn't have quite as many laugh out loud moments as I would have otherwise hoped. I think yeah, they tried well. for it, and you know, some of yeah. the jokes went well, some fell flat. Uh, I, I think, in talking with my wife coming out of it. Part of the challenge also is the fact that you're competing against Harrison Ford. Right. Yeah. That dude has a natural 
charisma that is very difficult to match. And I can't remember the name of the actor who played Young Solo. And I felt that he did a good Alden job. Alden Ehrenreich. Thank you. I will never forget his name because it took me forever to learn how to say it. But, you know, he, <laughs> he, he has the look of what you would picture Young Han Solo. And he, he has the moves, but he didn't sound a hundred percent yeah, right. There, yeah, a little, a little and, and, and Harrison Ford walks into a place, and he just he has presence, right? Whereas Donald Glover yeah. has, he was awesome, dude. Has he has the, yeah, but he he has an inherent charisma about him that Billy D. Williams brought right. to the role, yeah. And you know, honestly, when they first go into that Sabak parlor. And he was talking about his his little thing yeah, there, yeah. like it, it sounded closed, just like yeah. Billy D. Williams. Yeah, if you close your eyes, it would. Yeah, uh, just like and it. a lot of the movie, it sounded like that. Now, sometimes he didn't sound like a hundred percent spot on. But again, you're talking about a character. I, I mean, when does this take place, BBY? I don't know if they've given an official time frame, but I. Th- think the word is like five years no 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 it's no, no, gonna, no no it's like 15 it's like 15 yeah, yeah 15, so if 20. it's i think it's like and then it does a three-year time jump in the beginning of the movie anyway right. so yeah I, yeah it's, it's five to ten years i think i think it was like five to ten years or something after revenge of the sith well you, you figure darth maul still um poking around yeah and he yeah. has that saber so that could probably give you a hint as to the timeline, uh, I want to say, because that, that, that's the other thing. You, you got to figure Billy D. Williams is Lando eight to ten years later, and people do change enough in that kind of period of time. You're not the same person at 35 as you were at 25. That's for sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to... I'm trying you know, and, and I'm guessing Lando is probably a little bit older than that when it started, so... Speaking of, what did you think of that reveal of uh, Darth Maul being behind the the Crimson Dawn? I like that. I it liked. was. I was surprised. I, luckily, that had not been spoiled for me. But that didn't get spoiled for me either. Yeah. No, I, well, I, I can't. Which I can't believe that that got held kept secret so long. I I don't do well, a lot of media stuff online as much anymore, just because of that. Because I don't want to get super spoiled. Right yeah. now, with that said, I mean. Uh, it is well, as long as the spoiling doesn't impact the plot. So, you know, uh, the ship sinks. Like, okay, well, you, you know, Titanic. I mean, granted, that one you're going right. into. If you're not spoiled on that, going in, but like Luke is your father. That's a major reveal. If you got spoiled on that, right? Like that is a that is a pivotal piece of that movie and the character arc. Darth Maul is behind the Crimson Dawn. Like it doesn't matter per se. It's a cool little well, it do, it do, it Easter egg. It, that do, it, it does if you're if, if you're into the Legends canon thing, like like you know for years and years and years before Disney bought it, like Legends, you know now what's known as Legends was is now like you know it's almost verboten. They don't talk. They don't. They don't pull a lot out of it. They they recreate. Well, well they recreate what they want, and then they yeah, call yeah, that they, canon they, they, now. They, they, they don't directly choose. pull, but but like they Ron, they do. Ron, yeah. You know, but, but they do because Thrawn, Thrawn in Legends is completely different than Thrawn in Canon. Right. 
Like, well, I, I mean, personality traits, abilities, right. very similar, but, but he no, he's, he's, story, he's the character basically. arc. He's not. A, he's not as dickish. And in 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 the in the in the canon now, he's much more cerebral, much more of a of a really kind of laid back and has his own kind of alternate personality. Whereas in as in the Legends, when when it first came out, the Thrawn trilogy. He was like an evil dick. I mean, he really was. He seemed he, a little bit more high strung. Like yeah. again, his abilities, you know, with the art and everything else that we've seen in Rebels, right? Yeah. Really kind of mirrors what we saw in the Thrawn he, trilogy. He, yeah, and Thrawn and Thrawn trilogy, he's more like uh, Galaxus Rax there. The you know the the guy from now from Canon in the Aftermath series. Oh right, yeah. really kind of like hellbent and and you know you know I'm smarter than everybody else. I'm three steps ahead of you, and I'm going to destroy you with everything I've got. And, you know... Did Stackpole write those novels? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's really, 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 really kind of interesting that they actually pulled something out that was kind of in Legends, which was that Darth Maul still lives, he was cut in half, and that he pulled his butt back. Well, no, that's not that's not Legends. That's canon. Uh, that happened in Clone Wars because uh, he, he had the chicken, Clo- he had yeah. the chicken in, feet. In, yeah, in, in, in Clone Wars, in, is Clone canon. War, in Clone Wars. But originally, they didn't have to really go all that far into it. You saw the stuff in Clone Wars that kind of happened, but you couldn't say that he would be, you know, you know, could be gone. Well, we actually see him die, so we we know where he ends up. Yeah, uh, which. Quick aside, I think that that was the perfect end of Darth Maul. I know a lot of, like, my friends were like, oh, I can't believe they brought him back. And I'm like, I don't know, because, like, him coming back, like, I get it, you know, oh, he was cut in half. And I'm like, dude, Darth Vader was burnt in a friggin' volcano. And he <laughs> lost, like, you know, so, and, yeah. so I, I said, you know, you can bring characters back, and maybe it's because I read a ton of comic books, right? But you can bring characters back, but it has to be compelling. Like, there needs to be... A reason. A reason and an arc, and what does it do for the character? And the fact that Darth Maul came back this, like, broken thing... Yes. ...at the bottom of a trash heap, and he crawls himself out with, you know, the worst character name, Savage Opress. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Like, I love the character, you know. Right, yeah. (laughs) He's got that Clancy Brown sound and voice, and he's just, like, wrecking stuff, and they brought the Witches of Dathomir out of Legends into canon. And again, I mean, canon. That that gets into some... Well, Like, I think we could have a whole cast about, like, Canon and how important it is and everything right. else. Well, Disney, yeah. well, Disney canon. Well, only because they changed the timeline, man. I mean, there's a, there's so many different books and yeah, and, and stuff and, that really yeah. good material. And then there's, there's a lot of good stuff, and then there's a lot of garbage. There's a lot of garbage. But, yeah, and yeah. also none of that was ever officially canon. Like all the expanded universe and everything. Yeah. Well, it was well, A it was, canon, B canon, yeah, C canon. Right. But and, it was and, never. Like the nice thing Disney did is said, okay, movies. Clone Wars, right, and anything that we publish, and, yeah, and the comics going yeah. forward, right. certain certain comics, yeah, Dark Horse comics, and then and that way you can clean it up, and because it did become after you know 
eventually it became just kind of a mess. Oh yeah, you you have the Death Star, Death Star Two, the Sun Crusher, the um, <laughs> the uh, Son of Sun Crusher. Yeah, what, <laughs> what was the name of that that, that Super Star Destroyer looking thing with the the Eclipse? Yeah. The, you know, yeah. like oh my god. Yeah, they get you they, know, like how many times are you going to rehash that? Or you take a nice. good idea, like you know, the clone of Palpatine, and then and then rehash that. To yeah, death. It, right. Yeah, it, it becomes kind of difficult, and, and again. Then you have this kind of internal canon, and going back to Solo, this is where, you know, how many different ways have we had the Kessel Run explained to us? I, I feel like what they did in the movie, perfectly fine. Like, I like the mm-hmm. idea that you have to go through this maze to get in there, um, and the fastest you can do it is in, you know, the best way you can do it is in this amount of yeah, distance. Without going and the fact the that he field. shaved, you know, right, yeah. and they kept the maw in it, but without the weird explanation that some, somebody fan wanked 35 years ago. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and I felt, okay, that, that was acceptable. You know, the playing with your expectations on him winning the Millennium Falcon by having Calrissian cheat. And they get caught on the cheating and hands kind of like, I, I felt that was a good character move for the character. Right? Yeah. Uh, there was, was a lot definitely, of good like that. that was definitely a Lando thing. That, oh, that yeah. We'd have, a, yeah. you know, hidden cards up his sleeves. Although that's something so that bothers me, right? They have 60 b- 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 billion in fuel mm. and they give him 10,000 credits worth. <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> dude, cut, cut him a little bit more of a break, right? Hey, like, you know, uh, <laughs> it just, it, to me, it felt very like, well, then I, but, but you can't because, you know, realistically, it's like, here, have a few million credits, but then, you know, why does he need to go smuggling well, then, and everything yeah, else? Yeah, but then, but then, then if you give him too many credits, though, then, then, then they know who, who who was uh, Beckett's complete? You know. Uh, oh yeah. You know. Well, uh, that's a good, that's a good point. You know. So if you only give him a little bit, you know, hey, he can go there. You know, and who's he going to go see? He's going to go see Lando because Lando was there too. So right. You know. But it, no, I I mean I I thought I thought overall I thought the movie did good. I you know I yeah. I liked it. I liked the way the story progressed. I think like I said, I think there's like you know little bits that you would love to have explained more. But I understand kind of why they did it because they want to do books with that, you know, add in well, like little the word bits and is, pieces. The word was, I don't know where it stands now, but there might be, they might do a trilogy of solo movies. Yeah. And, and I feel like if they give an opportunity to flesh that out some more, I think added material will retroactively improve or make this movie worse. Yeah. Because right. it, it is very yeah. run of the mill. Like, Rogue One had a lot of the same production difficulties, and what mm-hmm. we got at the end was frankly amazing, given the challenges that they ran into. Right. This, they, they had challenges, and we have a perfectly passable movie, which is performing kind of mediocre at the box office. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why is that? It's like, well, you know, there's a gazillion really good movies out there. Right. And, and who is really calling for a solo movie? 
fans. <laughs> were they? No, though? They weren't. Were, were they or weren't they? Fact, so, I, a lot. Know, uh, there's a few fans. I say that with quotation marks who are boycotting Solo. Well, I, uh, well, yeah, yeah but I, I think that's that. also. I think that's also why it's doing mediocre, right? Is because, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. And and here you see everybody loves Rogue One, and I love Rogue One too. But the thing with Rogue One, the one benefit that it had was. There was no real story behind it. I mean, you, right? You didn't have an expectation of what, how everything led up to Rogue One, right? And so when you saw it, you thought, "Oh man, this is really cool because this adds what kind of is like a brief sliver in the timeline mm-hmm. of how it all comes together and how you see it." And there was no expectation. I mean, there's really none. I mean, it's really just kind of a thrown together backstory that's completely almost original, right? And so, and it's something you hadn't seen in Star Wars exactly, before. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. You, the, you know, for for a movie that's called Star Wars, we hadn't seen a war movie. War, yeah, right. You know, th- this had more of a, you know, trying to think of like you know, bridge over the River Kwai or. You know, like a World War II movie. I'm trying to think of one where they all die at the end, right? <laughs> um, you know, or, or kind of that Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. You know, they they won, but at what cost? And, and you know, what were they fighting for was as important as who they were fighting and how they were fighting. And I think that's what made that movie so good. Whereas mm-hmm. this is like, it, it's it's entertaining. It's, you know, good fluff. And Well, the other, the other thing is this... Whereas Rogue One is more of a war movie, this was a heist movie. Basically. But it didn't feel like a heist movie. That was the weird thing. Like, did you get an Ocean's Eleven kind of vibe off of it? Not exactly, but I got the heist vibe. Yeah, but you also, yeah, you got you know the the pirate's life for me kind of feeling about it too. You know yeah, how 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 yeah, the, yeah how going into being a smuggler and being a scallywag is just you know. It's it's not the life for yeah. everybody, but you know, it, it was for me, kinda- heist movies get a little bit more into the the planning and the like. Honestly, the heist in the Kessel would have been probably three quarters of the movie yeah. had it been a proper heist movie. Like, and yeah. maybe that's why my expectations went into it. You know, it's like okay, what is this movie? It, it jumps around into a couple of different areas, and some movies can do that transition really well. And some some can't. And again, this movie didn't do it or not do it. It just right. You know, it was there. You know, and, and I'm saying from someone who just saw it and and liked it. Like I, you know, I'll, I'll buy it when it comes out on DVD. That's well, that's you know, the thing. Like I said, um, it's it's. I look forward to kind of digging into it, yeah. right, and kind of watching some stuff because there's a lot of stuff that happens oh, yeah. pretty quick, right? Yeah. Where you know, I want to go back and kind of really absorb it on a second or mm-hmm. a third viewing, you know, like really appreciate the callback to Empire Strikes Back when they're going through the uh, the maelstrom. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they were using a modified version of whatever that track was when they're going through the asteroid field. Oh, right, yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that, I really kind of want to go back and, and kind of really rewatch it and absorb it. Yeah. I think I, I think I I can tell you the truth. I think Solo was a great setup movie. Yes, I agree because it, it had a lot of like little pockets where you could really just insert tagline movie miniseries here. Mm. You know, oh, it, left, the whole job thing with Jabba. Yeah, you know, because right, yeah, um, yeah. 
implied in canon still is that he had done at least a couple of jobs that went weird for Jabba. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the spice one was a direct call out, but if I remember correctly, Jabba said, you know, again, mm-hmm. which implies he's had kind of iffy luck. And I'm wondering if his iffy luck kind of goes down to him being kind of a, you know, the scoundrel with the heart of gold. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. you know, some of the stuff that he does is actually because he's trying, he's kind of conflicted. He wants to do the right thing, but his skill set is about, you know, being a sneak. Well, the other thing is he wants to do the right thing, but he wants to give the impression that he's a scoundrel and, and that, you know, like, like, um, when Kira said that deep down she knows he's a good guy and he's like, I'm not a good guy, but obviously, yeah. I mean, actions speak louder than a word. So you just proved with what you did that deep down you're a good guy. Mm-hmm. But I think that that goes to why, like, he, you know, he helped out the rebellion and stuff and, and, and everything in, 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 in the original films, not the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, no, I, I, well, I was going to say, because we don't really see anything of Han Solo in the prequels. Nope. Yeah. No. We do see the Millennium Falcon, alleged, yep. apparently, yeah. but yep. well, now... Well, it's a YT-1300, so who knows? Right. Now, that's the word now that it, it isn't actually the Falcon, it's just a uh, 1300, which makes sense, because I'm sure, you know, the Falcon isn't the only... YT-1300 out there. There were millions made, but only <laughs> one is the Falcon. But no, I mean, the, I think, I think the movie, what was really cool and what I want to see, like, going forward. So I want to see more about, like, Crimson and Kira right. and, and what goes on with Darth Maul well, and yeah, how they're going to they tie that in with, the, like, the, with, you know, with more. Right. You know, stuff at, you know, post Clone Wars kind of thing. Cause mm-hmm. now that really kind of bridges it in and it really makes it really kind of cool. There's, yeah, there's two things. There's two time periods that I, I like to delve into more. And that's the period between episode three and four and the period between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, which is like 30 years of, of stories that you could tap into. Yeah. Yeah, cause, well, yeah, because then, then the, yeah, because then Soul, but, well, you gotta do it quick, cause Harrison Ford's gonna be, like, in his 90s, you know, doing it from a wheelchair. Well, you, you, you can do other things other than the main characters. Yeah. Well, and Which that's the act- thing, there's so much room in that universe. I, I, right. you know, and that's what I like about the new trilogy is we're phasing into, the, that next generation, right? You know? This that, is the stuff that my kid and most likely, you know, my grandkids are going to be getting into mm-hmm. is the Rays and the and, and the you know Kylo Rens and the BB-8s and and I feel like they're doing a really good job with the new stuff. Yeah, you know, to where that transition feels for the most part, you know, pretty pretty normal. I mean, with with Han going out and then Luke. Question mark, uh, and then you know, Leia. They they have to answer that question one way or the other mm-hmm. yeah, uh, right. in the next movie. Um, and I think they kind of they kind of started off on that path by her going, you know what, I'm not I'm not in charge, you know, yeah, and kind of right, yeah. handing it off to the other to the other folks, you know. So I think it's going to make it a little bit easier to kind of transition her out 
You know, because I mean, they're going to have to do something. Either they're going to CG or like they did with Tarkin, or and they said they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't. Which I wouldn't. I don't. So I I expect him to pretty much live up to that and kind of just say, hey, you know, you know, Mm. you know. Now that Luke is gone, Leia's gone. But is Luke gone? Well, from 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 the physical realm, yes. I think he's gone from the physical realm. From the spirit, like from the force side. Yeah, uh, like I don't think we've seen the last of. No, you haven't seen the last of Luke. And I'd be disappointed if that was, you know, his complete ending right, right. there. Yeah. Uh, cause he fades out like well, Yoda. Yeah. Right. Like Obi-Wan. Like Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. And, like Qui-Gon Jinn. So, yeah. but so I think that gives him the chance to make him more something more because now, you know, now he's, he's one with the force. Yeah. He's a, yeah. He's a hundred percent part of the force right. instead of in the physical, you know, right. Manifestation, which, you know, always has the doubt of, you know, mortality. And, right. So and, he can come back as a force goes. But I, or, I like him now being in the background. Yes. And I like seeing, you know, Ray and, yeah, and, her and, take. and the new crew because they, they picked really good people, right? You know, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, like John Boyega is doing a real great mm-hmm. great job with his character. Yeah, I like, and, I like John Boyega. And, and, and Ray really did a really... Like the first movie, I think there was just so much that they were trying to get her up and running doing. Mm. And there was just some really odd kind of like choices when I go back and watch it. It's like... Yeah. Like the way she runs around in the first movie looks just very... Artificial, and I actually went and read. You know, she's like, "We're focusing on so much other stuff. We'll get the running down later, right?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, and she's not an athlete, you know. So, yeah. but, okay. I, but I, I think, yeah. I think, I think though, I think when you when you look at it, you know, in from a perspective of what she is, she's a she's a sav- you know, she's a scavenger, you know. I mean, how would you expect her to, you know, all of a sudden when you're getting hit with, you know, yeah. you Tie know, Fighters shooting at you. Tie Fighters, and, yeah. you know. Uh, That's the other thing. I mean, it's, you know, Tie Fighters shooting at you. Yeah, and you're a gawky, awkward 19, 20-year-old, and you're like, uh, why are people shooting at me? Who are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> what the hell is this ball thing? Son of a bitch. I just want food. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, um... You know, I, th- I think the real cool thing, though, is like you know, like they they got the they got the guys from from uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. They got those guys on board now too. Yep. And so now they're looking into doing like either movies or or miniseries mm-hmm. or different stuff like that. Yeah. How so- horrifying would. Star Wars be if they were run like uh, George <laughs> R. R. Martin. Well, but the, the cool thing is, is that these guys. I mean, these guys really know how to you know set the hook. So to speak, right, with, yeah. with, with, with good movie making and, and, and they're, they're in line with kind of what Abrams wants. And I think I, it, as much as I like Ron Howard, you know, and I, I always liked his films. The films have been pretty good, but the problem with Ron Howard is he's an old fashioned film guy, you know, yeah, definitely. I can understand why they, why they, why Kathleen Kennedy said, okay, Ron, take over the movie. He's a known quantity. He's a known quantity, but also at the same time, he's going to make what you need to get done on film and he knows how to get it to completion and he knows how to work with actors. He knows stay on a budget. Yeah, he knows how to <laughs> right, get it yeah. done and it's in good hands. I mean Well that's know, the thing he's solid. With yeah, Ron, the movie was with, shot well. When they hired Ron Howard <sighs> you knew it wasn't gonna like he's Ron Howard. He's a good film director, but he's not like he's not like, you know, 
Blow your socks off. Yeah. Yeah, he's not like Tarantino or Tim Burton where you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but Abr- but I it think- depends on the movie you're trying to tell, too. Yeah. True, yeah. But right? Also- I mean, you know, if you're doing... And, and which was funny because right before coming over here, I was watching the uh, the crazy eighty eight fight from uh, Kill Bill Volume One. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know Tarantino is very stylistic, um, and that's really good in certain circumstances. Yeah, like things, yeah. I, I, you know, they, they they announced him working on a Star Trek project. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm interested to see where it is, but <laughs> I I want to see. More and and I'll be honest, I haven't seen Discovery because I don't want to. I haven't, either. you know, yeah. go to CBS No Access, yeah, right? Exactly. But I want to see Star Trek that talks about social issues and going throughout the galaxy and you know banging aliens and you know like the, <laughs> what the franchise started with. It, I mean, honestly, it was it was exploration, social commentary, and just like. The exotic thing, which I'm, you know, kind of making fun of, but I feel like, and as much as I like the 2009 Trek reboot, it's it's not that. Right. It, it is it is a Star Wars take on the Star Trek universe. Right. It, it's and, action, high adventure, but the, you know, what's the social commentary of Star Trek 2009? Maybe how people deal with genocide, but that was so ham fisted. You well, know. The, the other thing, too, is their movies, so you can't do as much of of the social commentary as you can with, like, a series. True. You know, because you're... But, you know, on the other hand, Star Trek was tackling in an hour, or in 40, 44 minutes or whatever, right. you know, back Minus in the day, yeah. you know, th- those issues... And a lot of that's because they're kind of able to laser focus in on those 44 minutes where right. in a movie you're kind of doing a bunch of different stuff. And, and yeah, to be fair, like, what's the social commentary of Wrath of Khan? And it's there. You got to dig a little bit for it. Right. You know, kind of like, how, how do you deal with your enemies? Uh, you know, what what is kind of the consequence of, of that kind of cavalier action coming back? Right. You yeah. know, to, to haunt you, uh, the, the nature of revenge and, and, you know, yeah, but this what, is, what it does to consume you. Yeah. But the, the one problem you have with that is like, listen, this isn't the sixties anymore. I mean, you know, today you want to hear about, you know, social commentary. You can go to a thousand different sources back in the sixties. No one was talking about that kind of stuff. No one ever talked True. about it, and it wasn't on TV. You know, and if it wasn't for Gene Roddenberry, who you know got a ton of crap for it way back when, you would have probably never heard about it. I mean, they did they they broke ground back in the day. Today, eh. I mean, it, it's not it's not going to be the same commentary. You're not going to see the same stuff, and it's not going to have the same impact. Only because it's not as as avant-garde as it was right, way back yeah. in then, when you did talk there's about still, this stuff. There, there's still questions. There's still issues. Like, for example, have you seen uh, the Black Lightning series? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Black Lightning, th- that that show is, from front to back, social commentary. Right. Now, it, it's from kind of a <clears throat> African-American point of view, because, you know, him, his family... The people that he's taking care of, a majority of his school, not all of them, but a majority of them are, you know, African-American. And so, 
he gets treated like crap by the police and, and it's about cor- police corruption. And it, it is very much a, this is how we're looking at it. Now, granted, it's not, it's not kind of winking and nodding at you by painting someone half white and half black on one side and the other, which you kind of had to do under the guise of science fiction back in the day, it, you know, or Luke Cage. Luke Cage is very much a social commentary in that 40 minute thing, which is also about, you know, badass guy with, invulnerable skin beating the crap out of bad guys. Right. I, I think it, there's still room for it. I just, I agree that you have to kind of take a look at what, what does space exploration bring to the table right. for you to tell those type of well, stories or has it shifted to the superhero genre, yeah, but then, which nah, is telling us about yeah, how we want to be. I think, I think that kind of futuristic. I mean, goes know. to Jimbo's point in a way though, because like you said, it's more prevalent now. Like you have Black Lightning, you have Luke Cage. Yeah, you have like you have like Black Mirror that explores a different aspect of things. You have, you know, you have a lot a lot more choices nowadays of shows that will delve into those things than you did back when Star Trek. First yeah, came back out. when Star Trek. I mean, you had what F Troop and <laughs> you know, I mean, Twilight, yeah, Gunsmoke, and you know, where they still like you know, orange painted guys to make them think that they were Indians, you know. Yeah. So, but but sci-fi has always been um, a forerunner for things like social commentary and things like that. It's and always that's a, and, 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 that's and that's what cool I thought. get out of Trek, right? If I want to watch kind of an action soap opera, I go to watch Star Wars. Right. Um, although the nice thing that we're seeing, and, and this could be the kind of Disney influence, because uh, you see this in the Marvel movies too, right? I think the reason the Marvel movies are still so successful after 10 years is because you're seeing a lot of different kinds of movies and yes. TV shows. Right. Again, you know, you have Luke Cage, which is telling a very specific type of story, mm-hmm. right next to... Iron Man, which is telling completely opposite, you know, and they're able to tell that. And then you have Ant-Man, which, speaking of a good heist movie, yes, that's a very good <laughs> heist movie that has, a like, if I were to compare this versus Ant-Man, I'd probably watch Ant-Man before this, unless I was specifically in a Star Trek, Star Wars movie, right? Because I felt yeah, like it sure, was a better yeah, heist yeah, movie, right. from a heist movie perspective. Uh, man. I, I, I want to apologize because I, I feel like I'm shitting on the movie, but no, no, you're not. No, no. but you're making some valid points. Opinions, man. Yeah, it, so, but but it's so it, it's difficult because again, I liked it, and, and part of this, I think, like I said, I'm you know before we turn on the mics, I'm still kind of processing it. Mm. Um, well, which I think goes towards it being a good movie because honestly, if it was completely garbage, I'd be like, it. Yeah, oh, this yeah, sucks, yeah, and then I wouldn't even be it. thinking about it. But I'm like, you know, it was kind of interesting. We've never seen Han Han talk. <laughs> Actually, that, that was yeah, a that, good, that was that was, that was funny Han. in the movie too. Uh, but but we see Han talk in um, Sherwood. Right, we never saw that before. Yeah, because yeah. he's he's always Although, talking basic, right? It was a little iffy. That's that part was a little iffy, but but I mean. I, I thought that was an interesting choice because it is, yeah. You know, I, I just mean the execution of it was a little. Oh, yeah. see, I <laughs> oddly enough, I liked it because you know. Now, granted, it does bring up the question: where and why and how would he learn it? 
Well, that's the thing. Now, I can think of, like, you know, hey, is Dad grew up building stuff, and the Wookiees have been kind of known for... Uh, for being in construction. Right. So I could see, you know, you know, maybe they had a Wookiee over, uh, you know, for a or while. Several or several Or whatever. Yeah, or, or, you know, yeah. part, part of the Corellia shipping yards. Whatever. Yeah, yeah I think that's... Like, I, I can see a plausible reason, but it's not really... It's just kind of hand-waved in the movie. Uh, but I liked it because his... He's kind of chop-speaking it. Right, yeah. You know, because he probably can't articulate as well, yeah, even if you knew it better. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, which reminds me going back to the Zahn trilogy, right? Uh, you speak basic. Yeah. You, you, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the Timothy Zahn trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you speak. I thought you, he, I thought you speak, were saying Thrawn, uh, but you called yeah. him Zahn, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, Timothy Zahn. Yeah, yeah, the Thrawn trilogy with, with uh, I can't remember <laughs> the name of the Wookiee, but when uh, oh. Leia goes to Kashyyyk, and, and yeah. he's like, hey, how's it yeah. going? And she's like, wow, you, you sound really clear. You know, I can't understand anything Chewbacca's saying. Well, he's got a lovely voice. I have a birth defect, which allows me to speak in basic. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or something along those yeah, lines. I yeah, mean, some, yeah. And, uh, well, that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, um. What, so what, what was, so what was your, why didn't it, uh, click for you? No, it wasn't, I liked it. I liked the idea behind it, and I liked, it was just hearing, actually hearing him try to do it. It sounded like ham-handed. <laughs> yeah, kind of like it sounded like a little kid trying to make. Like if we were try- to try and make Wookie noises like that, that's what it sounded like, you know, to me. So it wasn't. I liked it, and I liked the idea behind it, and. <laughs> You keep it up and you're doing that at a higher rate. <laughs> you're dumb, you dumb rookie. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it, of course, Han knows how to, you know, he understands it and stuff. And I did like that he said, he said, you know, I, I can speak a little bit of it. Yeah. It he, just, it was the actual execution of it that was a little. So, like, sounded odd or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, which was, is fair. He was getting his ass kicked at the time. That's so true. I'll give him a little. And it would, leeway. it would sound weird. <laughs> because a human trying to make the the sound, and not that I didn't like it, it was just a little like mm, I might not have done that. Like I would have him understand it, but not speak it. Well, I have a sense that Chewie understood Galactic Basic right. fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Han was trying to meet him halfway, I think th- the reason I liked it is because it showed Han kind of doing his Han thing. Because his real thing is, is he's a charmer, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, being able to kind of make those connections and and do that, I thought that was great. But in his kind of bumbling way, like, right. you know, inadvertently uh, insults him. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he's kind of like choppy, you know, you make fight pretend, you know, knock big stick down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I guess, I think it was just the actual, um, like the actual... Hearing it and seeing it, it was a little That's like I love the whole idea behind it, and I did love everything, like you said. And I guess they said they are actually that it is actually um, a language they had to learn some of it. <laughs> well, of so, course, because so, ever since Star Trek yeah. and you know creating I mean, Klingon, Klingon as Klingon, an actual yeah. language and Vulcan, and you know, yeah, or, or uh, Lord of the Rings yeah. with uh, Elvish. You know, yeah. So I like, I love. I loved the idea behind it, and I love that they, you know, that he used it to try to get Chewie to stop killing him. 
it just actually seeing it and hearing it was a little off. Put off. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, here, here's something that'll blow your mind. What happens if he learned it because the Empire sent him to take over Kashyyyk? <laughs> and that's how, and that's yeah, how, and that's how he learned it because he was part of the infantry. And so this is, this isn't the only mud hole that he's ever been put on in the three years in between mm. you see him signing up. So you know he's, you know he's been in some other places. So yeah, I mean, makes but, you wonder how quickly he uh, flunked out of the academy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, well, it, well see, that's another. I mean, that's another did, piece that I think everybody wants to know. It did jump ahead three years. Yeah, and, yeah. and they 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 so, hint through the dialogue. He he did end up going to the naval academy. Yes, and he was in a pilot program, but because well, they, Han is Han. They actually said they actually said that 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 part was filmed. They they actually have it. Uh, the oh, part like some where, academy stuff. Yeah, where he was at the naval academy and he disobeyed order. I think there was something in the trailer, maybe. Yeah, and and what happens was yeah. they they cut it out of the film for time constraints, but you'll see it, the the outtake will be in oh, like, like deleted scenes. Yeah, in the yeah. deleted scenes on the extended version. But I think they wanted I think they wanted to kind of keep it a for time wise, but also because they want to. I think they want to but I, I expound would, on it later on. I would think so it was it was a three year gap between him leaving Corellia and joining the the yeah. empire just like between uh episode 4 and 5. Oh yeah. Yep. And and doesn't feel like 3 years but I know. And that moment when he was on the you know in the mud with the in the middle of the battle. So and what planet were they on? I I thought they mentioned it but I didn't That was Yeah, was that Mimban? That might have been Mimban. I mean, it's probably not super important, but... Um, it's always interesting to find out where they were, though. So, you know, there, there was probably a little bit, of, a little chunk of time that he was in the Imperial Academy, because I'm sure they didn't kick him out, like, on his second day, you know? Yeah. But... But even even if they, even if he spent a year or even two years at the Academy, guess what? Then guess, guess where you're going to end? You know, if he got kicked out a year and a half or two years into it, he still spent a whole year... You know, flying around the galaxy and, you mm-hmm. know, taking those next swamp holes. Meeting you know? new species and killing them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, because we all know the Empire was on the on the warpath at that point in time. Right. You know, and their ever-expansion of the of the Outer Rim and, and the Mid-Rim, you know, territories that they wanted to explore more and get more. That reminds me of uh, the part where they gave him... Um, his solo name. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed in that one. I actually, I wasn't. Oddly enough, like if you think about it, it would be something where you'd be like, "That was stupid." But for some reason, when I was watching it, I'm like, "Okay, that works." I bought it. Yeah, yeah. I, it was I something about it, it, in the in the like. If you think about it, it was funny. It was a good sequence. It but. was, but if you think about it, like on paper. What kind of name is Han Solo, right? (laughs) Right, and then and then they're like Han Solo. You can barely see him. (laughs) Then you know the Imperial's like, "What's your last name?" Oh, I ain't got a last name. Well, well, who's your family? I ain't got a family. Oh, so you're Solo. And then, like, when you think of it that way, it's like (laughs) it's like he's an Ellis Island immigrant. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, that's kind of a little, eh." but in the context of the movie. I was totally like, yeah, okay. Of course, it answers a question you never asked. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and I think that's the other challenge of the movie is like, there's a lot of questions it asks, or it answers that 
you, you don't think to ask. Whereas, right. Whereas, going back to the comparison, Rogue One answers questions that fans have been arguing about forever. Yeah. What about this stupid, def- you know, defect? Blah 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 right, blah yeah. blah. Yeah, nerd. Well, it was put there on purpose because the guy who was designing it hated the Empire, and I and love it's like, that. That yeah. is genius. It is. This was. Clever and 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 again, that's where this movie is like, oh, that was that was, that was fun. All right, yeah. And and again, not every movie is going to be Casablanca, right? Right. Yeah. And, and so that's why I think I really enjoyed the movie as much as I did because of the production things. I I kind of went in with a very middling expectation mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, Rogue One had a lot of problems and it turned out fine. These trailers aren't telling me a whole lot other mm-hmm. than. Hey, I'm a cocky guy, and it's like, okay, I already know that about Han Solo. Right. So let's go see what this is about. It's a Star Wars movie. I'm gonna see it. Yeah. So after that, you know, and then I went in, got a lot of pleasant surprises. Um, now I actually have a question. So the big syndicate in, uh, Star Wars is Black Sun, right? There are multiple ones. One of yeah, but like the one, the one the that kind of like goes through a lot of stuff is typically like is Black Sun the biggest? Uh, well, the Huts. The uh, hu- yeah, the well, Huts the, hu- the, the Hut cartel. The, yeah, the, the Huts, Huts rival the Black Sun. Uh, Black Sun. Well, Black Sun is the biggest. Like say on Corellia. I mean, uh, I mean on Coruscant. Now is that the whole um, Prince Isor yes. stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll be honest, I did not read a ton. Of the books, I think I've read forever ago. I, I think I read Splinter into Mind's Eye. Yep. Yeah, I read, yeah. Um, the Zahn, uh, slash Thrawn trilogy, yeah. right? Um, and then, you know, like one off, two off. And then Barnes and Noble had this, like, uh, you know how they do those, like, blah, blah, blah night. Well, they yeah. had a Star Wars night. So we went in and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And they had like, oh, we're going to do Star Wars trivia and we're going to play, uh, X-Wings, and we're going to have all these giveaways. No, but literally, no one else showed up. So they're like, <laughs> oh, oh here's all the prize support. So I got uh, Aftermath. I got um, I got the, what was the Leia one where she goes and goes underground uh, with the the guy who, who who's the Imperial lover? Um, it's not Aftermath, because that's the Chuck Wendig one, yep. which I'll be honest, I did not care for it. I, I just, I didn't like his writing style, but the one that followed Leia was actually pretty interesting. James Lucino. Um, anyway, it, so it was that, that, and then like one of the other ones. So I've, I've read those. Um, and again, the Leia one was good. The other one wasn't so hot. Uh, my wife picked up Thrawn. I eventually want to read it. Oh, and I read uh, Tarkin. Yeah, I picked yeah, that. Tarkin. Oh, I that, one was that one was really good. Was good. You want to talk about like going back and exploring the backstory of a character to help understand what makes him tick the way that he ticks? Tarkin, and again, you're doing it in a book. If you were to shoot that as a movie, I don't know that it would be as good, right? Right. Yeah. Because uh, it goes deep, and it's also going really deep into his thought process, and you don't see that as much in the movies anymore. Kind of getting behind the, you know, unless they're saying. I am angry because you made me angry because of this thing, right? You're not right. getting Dune, which is, you know, the Kwisatz Haderach has become, you know, the sleeper must awaken father, <laughs> you know, like all the, 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 the word balloons kind of coming out of people's heads. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know that Tarkin would work as a movie. Yeah, but it was I, really good as a book as to like, 
I, yeah, I, th- I think Tarkin. I think Tarkin would be good as like a secondary, like a series, like a different, like uh, almost like a Clone Wars kind of mm. animated series. I think. I think you you could explore the. You could do that. Yeah. Well, um, and I think they were talking about that kind of stuff. Like speaking of series, there is going to be a series coming out by John Favreau, um, and they haven't said what that will be yet. The Happy Hogan Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> Um, He's going to star, direct, and uh, no, but, yeah, produce. But that's the, yeah, that's the, that's the one thing I, we want to see is because they they got the guys from 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 Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and they're already talking about those guys about even directing movies. Um, but you can't keep on doing movies forever because I think I think they are hitting the 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 Star Wars saturation point. Yeah, maybe. Where you're, you, if, if you continue to make movies, which I mean, they're going to make their money back. They're Star Wars. You, you know what they need to do? Make smaller movies, right? Yeah, yeah. No. Don't, don't you like? If Rogue One taught you anything, is you can tell other types of stories within right. the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and exactly, if you yeah. write it well, people will watch it and do it under two. Why hours. not do? Uh, why not do? So the complaint about the the original trilogy, especially Phantom Menace, was you have a numbered movie which is talking about trade delegations and everything yeah. else. But what if talking about Game of Thrones, you got into the or 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 like the West Wing, do a West Wing style show where you're following the senators and trying to fund a rebellion while still working under Palpatine. Right, you could do right. that for a low budget. Yeah. yeah. And I think you could tell some pretty interesting stories. Or do a buddy cop drama, <laughs> you know, like the mean streets of Coruscant, and, you know, or, or like a Rockford right, yeah. Files type thing. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. Or bounty hunting, right? Mm-hmm. You know, now, granted, that you could, if you're not careful, could go in a higher budget. But I feel like there are a lot of stories, and if you can get the animation inexpensively enough, those are the areas where you could start doing stuff where you, you're fleshing it out, you're, you're introducing these new characters. Because, like, you know, Rebels is a great example, yeah. right? And it's funny how it seems like that team, that creative team is really good at making an annoying as hell um, teenage character <laughs> who you want to smack the shit out of who turns into really interesting. And yeah, right. Like Ahsoka? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was insufferable. In those first few episodes, mm-hmm. like, oh my god. And now, she's one of the most beloved characters in the franchise. Right, yeah. Because she was allowed to grow in a way that Anakin wasn't. We saw, like, to your point, I don't want to see Darth Vader as a little kid. Yippee! Like, <laughs> right. this is the guy who's going to for- force choke a motherfucker through through a, um, uh, a v- view screen a thousand miles away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like it, 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 well, it, it kind of deep. Little orphan Anakin. <laughs> yeah, Annie, are you okay? Uh, it just, I, I think it, it, you humanizing a villain is not necessarily a bad thing. No, right? Understanding Hannibal Lecter and his humanity makes him more monstrous for what he becomes, and I think right. doing that to or if Anakin you take, is not bad. If you take Black Panther, for example. Yeah, and and uh, Killmonger, the villain in that, where he was doing some pretty bad stuff, but when you actually <laughs> listen to him and his reasons behind it, 
it's not that he's a, a bad guy. It's that he's kind of fighting back against the way. He, well, it's his means. Is it, it, right. It, it's it, he. He's doing the ends justifying the means. Right. Um, it, without regard for how it's impacting the world. Right. But if you look at Black Panther, they're arguing from the same side. Yes. It, yeah. We need to come out of this isolation and help the world. We can affect change. Like, and that's what I think makes for a good story. Because I think in other circumstances, those guys would have been great friends. Right. But they're products of their, their environment and upbringing right. and their approach so, was different. Yeah. You're right. So they're going in the same direction. They're going for the same goal, but in different directions, mm-hmm. different ways. And that kind of go, some of the best villains that, that have been, and especially, you know, if you read comics and stuff, you know this, some of the best villains are not the stereotypical, oh, I just want to Magneto was me. right. Right. Magneto. He's a perfect example. You look at it from his point of view, and it's like, you know, I've seen this before. I know how this ends, Charles. Right. You know? They're going to round us up into camps. And and you, you see stuff like Days, Days of Futures Past, and, mm-hmm. you know, Magneto has a very good point. Yes. Now, is erasing the magnetosphere and causing mass, you know, death the way to go about it? Probably not. Well, you also know, mm. got to realize too. I mean, you you're taking the humanity aspect out of out of the whole the whole deal. Listen, people see things from different lenses. Right. And whether, you know, what you see is as absurd can seem totally logical to somebody else. Oh yeah, and, exactly. and the and the way that they go about their their daily lives. I mean, I could I could set all of us to do the same task, and it's just how we're going to do the task, or, right. or why we do it is is going to be completely up to us because mm-hmm. each one will complete the task, but we'll do it in different ways because it's just human nature. So I mean, it's not odd, and, and I and I think when you when you watch some of the and when you read some of the, the, the books and, you know, you, you have a little study in, in human, you know, you know, the, the, you know, sociology and psychology of, of human nature, it's true. Like, think about the empire. Why did, why is the empire the empire? Mm. And why do, why are there people that volunteer for the empire? Well, okay. You know, you could say, well, oh, cause they're conscripts. Not all of them. Some people join the empire. Why? Well, because they like order. Well, you know, is that wrong to like order or is it wrong to like, you know... Well, and they're not seeing the human cost either. You know, most of the people are complicit. Yeah, but you're also talking about rebellion, which will totally waste human life. Well, that goes with the whole... um, Because it's just on the other side. And they think that their point is, you know, that, oh, we're right more often. Okay. Well, look at the real world example. I mean, the empire is Nazi Germany. Yeah, right. Well, when you, when you, and th- there were people who were conscripts, but there were people who joined up because they believed in the cause. And, and there are people just that joined up just because, guess what? You know, it was a part of their job and they just, three, had three hots in a cot. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that goes back to the old, um, Death Star. The contractors on the Death Star. Yeah. 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 The old Death Star thing that, you know, the, the rebels came in, they blew up the Death Star because they saw the Death Star as this big, um, Death machine. They destroyed Alderaan and stuff, which is fine. But there were people on the Death Star who swept the floors, and that was just their job. They, you know, I, I having been a soldier, they're enemy combatants. Like you know, they're 
There's, there's the first Death Star. I, I have no problem with what, what happened. It's a horrible loss of life, but you're talking about a weapon of mass destruction. It was a, a valid, legitimate military target. Sure. Yeah. Uh, now granted, you go to the Jane Silent Bob thing, second Death Star, you got contractors working on this and everything else, and it's like, <laughs> you know, that's where your morality in it gets a little bit more, you know, a little but, more vague. But, but, that's but, but again, it was a valid military target that, hell, the Emperor was deliberately drawing Right, the rebellion into, but then, that. and then that goes back to to Rogue One, where um, where he put in the weakness in the Death Star. Um, so because he, he didn't believe in what was right, happening. so that, yeah. but he didn't have a choice. Yeah, he didn't mm-hmm. like what was going on. So he put that was his little way to rebel. All right, you're going to make me do this. I'm going to put in the weak, yeah, this weak spot. But, but Scarif wanted. Order, yeah, you know, right. The, well, not not just. I'm not just talking about like say scare. Like if you take the Death Star completely out of it, and if you or Vader, go back to the point. Vader wanted order, right? So people would get along. He, you know, he wasn't he wasn't very nuanced in his thinking. You know, which kind of ultimately led to where it led. Uh, but you know, you're talking about a war hero who did a lot of wrong things for what he felt was the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And then, like, once he crossed the line, instead of stopping and atoning for his sins, he then just kept doubling down on his stupidity, right? Yep. And 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 he became this kind of string of choices. And I think of all the things that the original trilogy did, did kind of odd, I think it did that part, especially in Revenge of the Sith, really well. Again, the problem right. is, is you're kind of, you're trying to tell a lot of, uh, character story interspersed with all this action, and so it comes off very ham-fisted. Whereas the Clone Wars, mm. the TV show, gives you that yeah, because like, you can break you it up. You get his slow world. descent, yes, and, yeah, and yeah. you understand. You know, you you kind of start to see like, okay, well, you know, the Jedi Order, and you know, he shouldn't have been trained. Like, there, there's a lot of bad decision making that kind of goes into Anakin getting to where he is. You yeah. know. Yoda was right. He should not. In Mace, we're right. Do not train this kid. Yeah. He, but he that was, that goes to another thing too with the Jedi who are thought to be like this this force for good that that you know helps the universe, keeps the universe together, and saves the universe. But then, if you look at it, like they weren't, they're not supposed to fall in love, and they're not supposed to have attachments and all that. So it's like. And then the Jedi themselves have made some bad decisions. Yeah. So. The reasoning that I saw on that, which was very interesting, was the whole Palpatine's kind of influence in the Force was clouding Jedi's access to it. Mm. So if a Jet, so Jedi's, as I kind of see it, are almost like Zen Buddhists. They're, they sure. don't take that attachment and then they kind of disconnect so that they're acting in accordance with nature and they're just kind of flowing. Yeah, but I wouldn't that. call them Zen Buddhists. Zen Buddhists are total pacifists. They, they won't really go after you. Well, yeah, there, there's, there's kind of that samurai piece but on you're, it. You're, yeah, you're, but I'm saying kind of from yeah. a, from an, a, from a general approach. They're, well, no, because they're like, emptying their minds so they can act through the will. Of well, no, because their their whole their whole thing is to bring about order, and you know, whether they have to kill and and they will try not to as best they can, but they will enforce their force 
Yeah, on, but never, but on, never for attack, only for defense. No, no, because they 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 will. They well, will, it's right in the code. They will pre. Yeah. They will premeditate and go out and 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 go and disrupt things. I mean, maybe not destroy things, but they will go out and they will disrupt things that they feel aren't a hundred percent. Now, now, then you then you have the other side of the force, which is like. You know, those strict adherences, and then you have the Mace Windus, who are like, well, you know, hey, why aren't we just going out and kicking ass and taking names? So, I mean, you know, the I think the Jedi Order, I mean, you can't justify what, like, the Empire does. But you when you look at it from the perspective of, you know, behind the scenes, you understand. Why would a common citizen go along with that? Right, because but, they're complacent, yeah. and and they, well, but, but they don't. They, but they they also don't know that Palpatine's a Sith, and they don't understand well, the thing, not just <laughs> their that, purpose behind and, it. And most of them aren't seeing, you know, the Wookies on Kashyyyk being enslaved. Right. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, and there, we've seen it. I think they actually it was in the aftermath books, and we've seen it other times where there are some civilizations that. Liked having the Empire in control because it made their lives better. Yeah, make their lives easier. Yeah, as long as you're human and right, but they don't. You know. They don't care about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I'm getting mine. Right, and and I, I think that's interesting, right? But to go back to where, so when I'm saying Zen Buddhists, when a Jedi is operating efficiently, their lack of attachment and everything allows them to have the Force kind of go through them as a conduit. Yeah. The way I understood it is when Palpatine kind of started getting more powerful, he mm. started clouding well, yeah, the connection to that living force. Cause, yeah, because that's so, what Sith does. Yeah, so the Jedi, who did not have an internal moral compass because of the way that they're raised, suddenly don't know what to do right, because right. the force, which had been kind of directing them, isn't talking to them anymore. Well, they're not so, yeah, they're, you know, well, they're, they're and, not. and I think Yoda did better because, well, he's 800 and, you know, 50. He's been five. around, right? Like he's been around and, and he's, you know, had that opportunity to kind of develop that, that kind of moral center. Whereas a lot of the younger Jedi don't, you know, and, and you also got to think, these kids are basically raised from, you know, infancy into a monastic order. Uh, whereas Anakin, you know, came in right. from that. That's that whole. He's too old, you know. His his way of thinking is starting to become too set as it is, and we can't kind of train him to 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 accept that that kind of will of the living force. So, but when you look at it that way, is that that in a way isn't that much different than like the Empire taking children away from their parents and turning them into stormtroopers and stuff. Well, the Jedi Order does the same thing to young Padawans. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yep, yep. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a different path, but it's in, in a way, it's, it's like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. I, I, I think that, that's, that's why I think a lot of the, some people really like the way that, let's say, the last Jedi started to, started to deviate from it. And even Yoda. Right, yeah. Coming back and saying, listen, Everything you need to know is not in those books. Everything you right. need to know is inside of you. You know, feel, you know, so you're going to look, look at Kylo Ren. You can see Kylo Ren got all the benefits of proper training, got all the benefits of probably, I mean, the last Jedi 
master right. on, you know, in all the galaxy that he knew of. And guess what? Still, he's going to go bad. He's, he's going to go bad because he tapped into the side of the force that he saw and he felt the dark and he liked it better. So he went with that because it allowed him to express himself the way he wanted to see it. Whereas Ray, who almost had no kind of direction and guidance, was offered many times to tap into the dark side, she naturally just stayed with the light. And she finds more of a balance. I yeah. think she I think she has tapped into the dark side a little bit. Yeah, but but hasn't lost herself to it. No, she she hasn't totally given over to it, but you know, I mean if you if you go by the books, the original Jedi order was all about the balance. Right. It was about the yeah. balance between the two and finding yourself not giving in so much to the dark side, but also also be, you know, blinded by the light side. Right. You know, to find the, the, the inner, the inner balance. Whereas the Jedi Order is all about nothing but light. Sith is all about the dark side. Mm-hmm. And now you've got the two halves that they just can't. Then you get those ironic statements like in, uh, Revenge of the Sith when, uh, Obi-Wan tells Anakin, only Sith deal in absolutes. Right. Yeah. Did you just hear yourself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it is true, you know? <laughs> well, it, it, that's, that's the funny thing. Like the, cause I agree, watching the prequels, it's like no surprise that the Jedi fall. Yeah. They're, they're full right. of hubris. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of blinded. They're not following their instincts. Uh, you know, they, they make incredibly poor choices for what does not seem like good reasons, right? Like I, I, I saw an interview where Chris Pratt, they're, they're, they're shitting on him because he, um, he, he, he messed up when, uh, they were going to pull Thanos's gauntlet off. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah, like, he's right, like, come yeah. on. Like that is a natural choice for a character that's gone through that arc. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and but you didn't get that sense quite in, in so much of the, the, the prequels. You know, and, you know, I know it's fun to poke at the prequels, but I don't, honestly, I don't mind them. There, there were, there were some good things in the prequels. I just think that overall, the execution of the prequels was not good. Like, a lot of the acting, was kind of stiff. acting choices are w- were weird. Yeah, Dire- yeah, direction was was odd. You know, Lucas is a great creative mind, but he works best in, in a team. Right, exactly. Um, and you know, the prequels were him soup to nuts in control of everything, mm-hmm. and so you got kind of unfiltered Lucas, which somewhat problematic. You know, I, I'm still willing to forgive the guy because. Like you said, he gave us Star Wars, right? right? He created and and yeah, like even though the and and again, he's going back to answer questions that kids, uh, us, you know, playing with our toys, we we came up with answers for the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah. Is right, any yeah. answer he going to give us going to be as good as what we made up ourselves? Yeah, taking what he had given us, right? Exactly. You know. You're you're near. You're almost guaranteed to set yourself up for failure, mm-hmm. and, and so. You know, I, I kind of watch them with those in mind. And honestly, the other thing is, those movies aren't for us. Yeah. They're for our kids. Right. And I'll tell you what, my son's favorite Star Wars film, Attack of the Clones. Hands down. 
of all of the movies, that's his yeah. number one. And, you know, seeing it from his point of view, I get it. Yeah, you know, you love the clone troopers, right? Because right. they're badass. Yeah. You know, now granted, you go and watch it and it's like, well, these guys come be- become the bad guys? Like, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now granted, Clone Wars does a really good job of kind of, you know, leading us into that. Right. right? You know, with the whole Order 66 and the brain thing and yeah, then yeah. almost finding out. And- yeah. Well, that's the thing. The Clone Wars flesh, the same thing with Rebels. It kind of fleshed out some of that stuff. So, it, it made the previous stuff better. Exactly. Because yep. of its existence. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, hell, the Jendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars stuff. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, really that was helped good, out. too. Yeah. <laughs> Shaggy the Jedi. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so that was, so yeah, I mean, the, the prequels aren't all bad. I think it was an execution problem more, but there, there are some good things. Like, it, it's, it's cool to see how Palpatine becomes the Emperor. Yeah, rises. Yeah, it makes and his it, initial rise to power. Uh, his yeah, final and, rise to power. And all the say. the brilliant little um, things that he does. Yeah, to, to he, take over. Well, because he create he creates all this war and havoc. Right. And 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 you know pushes from both sides. Yep. And, and uses, his little finger done right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he uses he he just pulls all the little right levers and and you know it 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 actually it actually gives you a little bit more respect for Palpatine. I mean not, you know, not no, respect yeah. as no, in yeah, you I like him exactly, but yeah. you you give him a, a little a bit grudging more admiration. Exactly right, because yeah. you you finally realize holy crap the guy he pulled a lot of little strings yeah. in a lot of the right ways just to get everything to go the way he wanted it to go. Now, well, so he also plays a lot of stuff in fire, so like when stuff doesn't go as expected, he's willing to burn. Yeah. I, I mean, you saw that with Dooku, right? <sighs> right. Oh, the yeah. Dooku thing's not working. Boom. Burn that. Yeah, take him out. You know, he, he, he has a lot of plates spinning, so if one falls, doesn't matter. He just yeah. moves on. He can to just the grab one. to another place. You know, and you saw that with Darth Vader. It's like, no, Darth Vader's not quite working out the way I want, you know. Yeah, right. Like he, Darth Vader is almost like Starscream to <laughs> to Palpatine's Megatron, right? Yep. You know, you get the sense that Palpatine kind of keeps him around to keep himself on his toes, but you know, ultimately, it's like th- this is not the protege I wanted, and that's why he starts going after Luke, right? right. Well, if I can't do it with the dad, I'll, I'll do it with the son. kid. Exactly. Now I said earlier that I didn't want to see Darth Vader as a little kid. Who wants to see that? But I did want to see Palpatine, how Palpatine became the Emperor. So that was a cool to see in yeah. the prequels. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I think if you had had if you had Anakin at the Clone Wars age, I, I think right. I think a lot of the the disconnect of the character because honestly, Darth Vader is a classic movie monster, mm-hmm. right? He is the unstoppable force. He, yeah. he is the Jason Voorhees of uh, of the universe. Well, just look at that scene in Rogue One. Yeah. Well, exactly. But think about it. it. It took 30 seconds of film to repair the damage yes. of, yep. you know, because seeing him as this little kid's like, oh, man, I feel ba- bad for him. Right. You yeah. can't feel, you can't feel too bad for the the enemy, you got to empathize with them. Going back to the <coughs> to the X Men movies, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't feel bad for Magneto per se, right? I mean, you certainly empathize with him, and, and you felt a little bit bad 
But I think because he was a little bit older, he didn't like go, yeah, Magneto, everybody up. Like, right, yeah. No, you're like, oh man, I understand where this guy's coming from. Yeah. But and that's how not tragic, how you do it. And, you know, and, and the fact that he doesn't see the irony in his own, yes, you yeah, know, stuff like, well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to, you know, granted, actually, if you go to the X-Men movies, it makes more sense because he's like, well, I'll just turn him into us. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, and then, yeah. you know, like, so he's not doing the whole, like, wipe out humanity thing that he does in the comic books occasionally. Mm. Um, which, honestly, you know, I'm kind of glad they handed that stick shtick over from him over to Apocalypse. Right. Because I, I, I think the whole survival of the fittest thing goes better than, you know, a guy who was in a concentration camp wanting to commit genocide. Like, yeah. you, would oh, think, yeah. Yeah. you would think, you know, five <laughs> seconds over T, Char- you know, Charles would go, dude, really? Uh, isn't that what they did to your family? You know. <laughs> and granted, it's the whole get them before they get us, but it's like... That only goes so yeah, far. Yeah, but you yeah. know... Uh, you know, why don't you outweigh them? Like you said, you're the next evolution. Like, so that gets into, some, I, I think that gets into some, like, really meaty kind of argument territory. Is like, oh, definitely, yeah. You know, is Magneto right? I don't think so because, again, his kind of approach to it. Well, I would say Magneto is not necessarily right, but he's not necessarily wrong. I, well, you think about it. What, how would, how would we react? Because let's face it, if we're in a superhero world, none of us are going to be superheroes. Right? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I can be the incredible farting man. But well, <laughs> yeah, it, I know if you've seen Deadpool, you know man. who we'd end up being, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, um, but Bob. <laughs> but but you take a look at that, <laughs> right? Felt. And then, um, like, what would happen if if a Magneto really existed? How would we? really react and then all of us you know not not to get too real worldly but look at how much america changed post 911 mm. what happens if one dude could blow up a building and kill you know go, go right, back yeah, to the whole yeah, stanford guy, the, yeah. the stanford incident yeah. right with 600 kids like honestly re- mutant registration all of a sudden makes a whole lot of sense right, yeah, right because yeah. people like fear in my opinion is probably the most powerful Oh, of the yeah, human emotions. I mean, it really drives people into some really interesting and irrational behavior. Mm. And so, you know, you stop and think, like, if, you know, you, you start looking at it, it's like, well, you know, I can understand a guy who could, you know, basically be an atomic bomb. How are we safe from that? You yeah. know? And, oh, yeah. Well, Magneto blames humanity for doing what they're doing, you know, to mutants, but at the same time, you know, he well, and then he's sparking a fear. He, Charles he goes, spark, dude, he sparks the fear into right, the yeah. into the humanity, which creates the the reaction. What's she going to get? You know, which I mean, goes into kind of man's tribalism. Exactly. Thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. us versus them. It's us versus the other. Yeah. And it it just I don't know. It, it seems the older I get, the more I think about this kind of stuff. And, yeah, but I know, mean, and, and it, it, you feel bad for Magneto in a weird way because in his world, he's been right, he's been yeah. outlawed as a human. By being Jewish, sent to a concentration camp, and his family killed, mm-hmm. and then right, and then, then, then he finds out, you know, hey, I've got this mutant ability, and guess what? Now I'm doubly donged, yep. you know, by humanity's aspect. So, I mean, you can understand that like a porn parody. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey, he might have the gutter, Mister. We're talking sci-fi. I can't help it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I mean. We, we can see things, I mean, it's, I really like 
the way the universe is expanding in Star Wars, that you can start to see the little things, right? The nuance and the stuff that that Lucas never intended to ever come out, you know. Yeah. And, and now it's kind of coming. But that's always been part of the appeal of Star Wars for me, at least, is that there's a whole. You have the whole thing with the Empire and the Rebels and everything, but there's a whole universe underneath yeah. that. Yeah, and there's me. lots of there's lots of layers that you can go right, into. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you look at the 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 universe that Lucas created, little tiny dot right in the middle. That's you know the Star Wars that we know, right? Yeah. And then the rest is the the rest of the universe that you know that's a, just an empty canvas that can be painted in as you go along. Yeah. So speaking that. of, did either of you play any of the RPGs that have been out for no, Star Wars? No, Dario keeps on Dario. I wish Dario was here tonight because he he's yeah. got the thing. But uh, he he you mean he, the he, the pen and paper RPGs? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. no no, I never played the Star Wars one. Somehow uh, is, is, uh, is I know the, you used to game the new uh, ones yeah. or the old ones. A- any of them? I mean, there, there's there's. Of course, been, I used to game. You're the one who got me into it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to uh, I used to do the old ones, but I I don't I I think I was like. Well, there, there's the West played. End games from the 80s. Then there yeah. was the uh, Wizards of the Coast one. Yeah, um, I didn't play the Wizards of the Coast. The, I did the original ones. Uh, and then um, Fantasy Flight Games had the license most recently with um, w- with their system. Uh, but I was in a game that was run by one of my friends. He ran that game over 16 years. Wow. Uh, and it took place uh, post-Battle of Hoth. And then when we ended, it was during the Battle of Coruscant. Huh. And so the the whole thing is we were a rebel cell operating in that time frame, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to let, you know, we we're stealing ships and we we're going on missions and underground. And, you know, the, the Empire was working on this this ship and we, we didn't end up stopping that. But like. You know, and he, he, he had had this really long involved plot and it oh, ended awesome. where our, our fleet was big enough, our, our kind of group was big enough that we assaulted Coruscant while the main rebel fleet went off to, um, to Endor to fight. Oh, and, wow. uh, and the way it ended is because we didn't hit our objectives, the Empire had additional, uh, basically like stealth style Star Destroyers, which they had hidden over around the other side of the moon. Uh-huh. So they were able to do a pincer attack, and they wiped out the main rebel fleet. Darth Vader still killed the Emperor, um, and it caused a detente in the battle, and the Death Star flew by, dropped off Luke and Vader to Coruscant, and then took off. And we were going to start this whole other thing, but then, you know, life got in the way. Right, um, You know, after we had liberated um, Coruscant. So we had Coruscant. The Emperor's dead, but the Death Star is still, the second Death Star is still in play. Hmm. And, um, you know, so the reason I ask is you talk about this whole universe, and that's where I think, you know, the toys, yep. the role-playing games, the, the you know, yeah, the, the, the video games that you get to play. Right. You know, those are a little bit more on rails, whereas kind of a role-playing game, you're kind of just limited to what everybody at the table agrees to, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, actually, he's going to start up another game where he, he's got this idea where it's like, oh, you know, this thing's going on, and then blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of designing it. I don't want to give away his ideas on there, but, <laughs> um, but his idea is... Such that if you're not familiar with Star Wars, it's okay because hmm. the, most of the universe doesn't exist the way that you understand it. 
mm. uh, because it takes place after this cataclysm. And now you're going out and exploring the universe after kind of, you know, uh, like an apocalypse style event. Interesting. And so you're able to get off your planet finally. And then, you know, you're kind of exploring the universe. Um, he's a really good game master. I'll, I'll give him a lot of credit. He, he <laughs> you know, uh, but cause his, his knowledge is, is deep. I, I kind of put myself at kind of journeyman star Wars. Like, I know, you know, most of the funky race names and, you know, some of the obscure lore, but I haven't read all the books or all the comic books or right, anything yeah. else. Uh, Ooh, just cause, a lot of stuff. Well, exactly, because the, the thing is, is my, my kind of geekdom is very broad. Like, I'm a, sure, I'm a role yeah. player first. Like, that's my... Like, if I'm going to consume something, it's going to be, like, RPG stuff. Mm. Uh, but then, like, from, <laughs> from a media perspective... You know, if it's geeky, you know, Game of Thrones, yeah, I've read it, watched all of it, you know, uh, the CW stuff, watched most of it, you know, Star Wars, watch it, like, I'll, I'll consume anything kind of fantastic, whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, my, my fandom is very broad, not very deep, but I think of the fandoms, Star Wars, I'm probably the best, mm. uh, with Star Trek, probably a, a close second. Hmm. Well, all right. <laughs> so uh I think we'll start winding down here. Um and just to uh to finish up, let's uh let's talk about some of the movies that will be or that might be upcoming. Uh I wanted to get your thoughts on some of them. Like um so of course there Although it hasn't been officially announced by Disney yet, there's the rumor is the talk is that they're going to be doing an Obi Wan film. Yeah, uh, I've, seen, I've seen the the fan trailers. Yeah, or what? No, it was, it's not like a fan trailer, but it's like a it's like a it's like a made up yeah thing with uh with uh what's his name. The guy who played Obi Wan and Ewan and McGregor. Ewan McGregor and and, Ed McGregor is and they, they did something. Yeah, they did I, something. I met a Scottish woman way back. <laughs> it was like, it was like <laughs> a, so what do you think of Ewan McGregor? Ewan McGregor is dead sexy. <laughs> All right, but it was so. Like a, how do you guys feel about an old possible Obi Wan film? I like the character. Yes. Um, of course, we don't I, know what period of time it would be taking place, but well, logically, it should be post. Uh, Revenge of the Sith pre, like, Should it? B- between the trilogies makes the most sense. Well, he dies in the first movie, spoiler alert, right? <laughs> so, uh, unless you're doing a Force Ghost movie, which I'd watch the hell out of that. Like, <laughs> Obi-Wan's adventures of, as a Force Ghost and kind of him bouncing in and out and exploring the, the, the Jedi afterlife. <laughs> I would be Jedi afterlife. I, I would so I be like into that. like, like that is an interesting story to me. I don't think that's the story they're going to tell. I doubt it. How yeah. do you how do you mass market that? Right. Well, they could always go back to his days, younger days with uh, Qui Gon Jinn and stuff. I, that that would be interesting. That I'd could watch be. that. But most likely, what do you really tell? Right. Most likely, they would do at, at between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. So. I don't know. Yeah, what, 20 years in there? 25 something years? Something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, like 18, 19 yeah. years. Now, I would like to see, yeah, him as a Padawan with uh, Duchess Satine. Mm. Right? Mm. That's a story that they hint at in the Clone Wars that I think there's a story there. 
Could be, yeah. Uh, Could and be. it's it's loosely told enough that there's not a ton of expectations, except that he had feelings for Satine, and he chose the Jedi Order, whereas right. Anakin had feelings and totally boned Padme and screwed up everything. Padme. Right? Yeah. But, so, yeah, that could be interesting, but most likely they would do him on Tatooine. Is that something we would want to see? Yeah, but if you there's know, a good story. Yeah, but you don't yeah. always know what he did when he was on Tatooine. Like, True. You know, he, he didn't have to necessarily, I mean, he became kind of like, supposedly became the hermit. Right. But at the same time, you still had others like, you know, you still had Yoda who was out there. Right. Um... You don't know, like, what he investigated, you know, you know, as much undercover as he possibly could have. You know, they kind of hinted at a new hope that he was just this hermit who's lived out there for 20 years. But, you know, he could have easily, hey, you know, no one's ever seen me for, like, you know, you know, half a year at a time. Mm. Let me run out to here and go see this or go find that. You never know what he did. So, I mean, it's interesting, but. There could be something there. But it would really depend on the hook, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what is so... Now, where I would approach it, if I was telling the story, is what is so important to pull Obi-Wan away from keeping an eye on Luke? Right. There has to be something. That's and that's that, my thought. That's yeah. a hook. Like, you know, um, we, we saw him in Rebels go deal with uh, Darth Maul. Right? right. Yep. Which took him away. That was something important enough that he had to deal with it. Yeah. Because otherwise it would have dealt with him. Mm-hmm. Is there something else that is so important? You know, like maybe there's a death threat on a certain senator's life, mm-hmm. you know, that only Obi-Wan has the chops to deal with. You know, and that's Could just be, me. Yeah. That's just me spitballing, right? Or, something or, like you know, that. Or yeah. he's setting, or he's working. You know, setting up rebellions, and or did he have a relationship? You know, he he's not part of the order anymore. Mm. You have twenty years. <laughs> there is you no know, order at, anymore. <laughs> a, after he went away from, because you get the sense that he was probably involved in Luke's life for a little bit, but not overly. But involved, then, right? kind of shoot away. Right. Yeah, he was. And he was just an overseer, rather. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so. So did did he end up in a relationship? You know, did he? Uh, you know, was he involved in you know curbing some of the cart uh, the hut cartel stuff that was happening? Right. You know, something that was enough for him to get involved, but for because again, he's more of a kind of a stealth commando style mm. uh, Jedi. You know, maybe there there was something a big enough threat that was coming through Tatooine that he had to deal with. Right. I think there, there's, there are stories there that could be told because, yeah, he's probably not just in idle yeah. for twenty years. Right? Yeah, that yeah. would. Yeah, really yeah I, I, have a, I have a feeling. Yeah, he's. It, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool because that I, I would, I would like to see an Obi Wan because I again, that's another beloved character mm-hmm. that you don't get a whole lot of. I mean, sure, yeah. real realistically, you you get well. For, I mean, Clone Wars, you get a lot. Yeah, more you, well, of a sense you get, of him. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. when, you, when you first but get the film, that hasn't been told about him. Yeah, I mean, Clone Wars and stuff like that, uh, going up through like all those, you know, all the movies, uh, you know, one through three. 
you know, yeah, you get more Obi-Wan than you did when, you know, you got a new hope. A new more hope, I think about it. For like one third of the film and then he gets, you know, axe sliced by, by his old, uh, <laughs> his old Padawan. <laughs> more I think about it, the more I think that yes, going into him as a Padawan makes more sense because you can do what they did a little bit in Solo, mostly in the background, but what Solo did in the background is it gave you a sense of what was life in the Empire like right. 20 years before the Battle of Yavin. Right. Yeah. yeah. What a Padawan Obi-Wan does is what is life like at the beginning of the decline of the Senate? Right. Before the clean, the rise of the, Pal- the rise of Palpatine. Right. You know? So you. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like to see it, but I, I I don't think you could either go either just one or the other. I think I think. But again, why why do we have to tell stories about Obi Wan again? Yeah, interesting character, but to your point, it, it's a huge flipping universe. Yeah. You know, all I, right. I'd rather see an L three movie or, or right. You know, like, well, let's look at some of the secondary or tertiary characters and really kind of dig deep there. Right, yeah, I, I think yeah. I mean, you know, well, I, I like it. I, I like the idea, but I, yeah. I All right, then let's, I'd still watch it. Let's go on to to another one. Um, it was recently another movie that hasn't officially been announced, but um, where it has come out that James Mangold, who did um, the Logan movie mm-hmm. last year, is going to do a Boba Fett movie. So is that another? case of do we need it do we how much do we want to see i i honestly i'd go more for boba fett than obi-wan because there's enough of a gap in the character mm-hmm. arc that i think that a, a good movie could fill right because we see we see him drop his dad's head we see him do a couple of small missions in Clone, Clone Wars, Wars yeah. but that's all in a very tight mm-hmm. uh, period of time, and I don't know if he shows up in Rebels at all, or he hasn't. That I, I remember don't saying, think so. So no. there's there's kind of this gap, right? Yeah. So where does he go from being this kind of bratty kid hanging on with these bounty hunters to building that reputation of no disintegrations, right? <laughs> right, and and I think. Again, the character in and of itself, it's really, to me, it's more about what, what is the story that you're trying to tell, right? Well, that's the thing. So what, what would, what, what questions are you answering? What would we want to see from a Boba Fett movie? Um, yeah, the, well, the, you can, you can, you can definitely see the, 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 the underbelly of the, you know, the cartels. Yes. You know, um, you know, the, the whole bounty hunter, you know, kind of union that the bounty hunters have, mm-hmm. you know, that, I mean, I, I think that you've got a lot of room that you can fill with lots of cool stuff. I mean, you can, you can make it Boba Fett from Boba Fett's perspective. Right. You can even bring Han Solo in there too. Like later on, Possibly. all of a sudden you see kind of Han popping in a little bit from time to time, giving that little friction against Boba Fett, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and then, then kind of, you know, you can bounce Han back out and then, you know, keep it from, from his perspective. But I think it would show, I think it shows more kind of like what Han started to shows you some of the cartels and some of the, you know, you know, some of the gang. Yeah. Like the underworld, the, the underworld kind of stuff. 
and then you can expound it on that, so you don't have to get necessarily into Jedi and Sith right, and, yeah. and their whole battle, but how they live underneath the umbrella of the Empire and or like Boba Fett's biggest score, like he he yeah. gets hired, right? Yeah. He gets hired by the Rebellion to take out a Moff, yeah, or mm, yeah. he gets hired by the Empire to take out the head of a syndicate. Which now that Darth Maul is dead and can't be control, you know, well, actually, you know, have him going after someone like Darth Maul or oh, you know, something yeah. like that, where where yeah. you know Palpatine needs someone out of the picture, so indirectly he's going to have the Empire hire this bounty hunter to take out this kind of pesky yeah. thing that's you know maybe not rebellion based, but you know maybe it's a cartel, maybe it's yeah. um or, or or maybe it's it's someone. Um, <laughs> Or, or, or may, maybe it's his biggest failure, right? You know, yeah, right, uh, yeah. he's built up this reputation, and you you could do that in a couple of like uh, like establishing scenes, James Bond style. Mm. You see, like bounty, 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 and then this is the one like where you know he's going after a Mon Mothma type character or something, right, and yeah. then well, if if he went after Darth Maul, we know that Darth Maul gets killed permanently killed by Obi-Wan and Rebels. So if he goes after Darth Maul, that could be his biggest failure. Yeah. Something like that. You know, and again, I'm just, this is me off the top of my head coming up with ideas. But, you know, so would I want to see something like that, depending on the story? Certainly. Mm. I think it has, like, to me, there's more kind of stuff that you can grist. And, and I like the idea that you can see a lot more of that kind of seedy underbelly. Yeah. Right, you know, why don't we explore Hut space? Yeah, Mm -hmm. right, right. Right? Like, I I think there's an opportunity there. You go to Nar Shaddai, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he's trying to take it. Like he's doing a a one hut, trying to whack a a rival hut. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, and you can and and you can even you can even bring in uh, 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 Jakku. Because that was oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so I mean you know you you can start to bring in some of those worlds that you see later on and you can start now bringing those go back to Canto Bright yeah there you, you know, go and you, start- and you you can have him also like have run-ins with some of the other bounty hunters yeah no you know who he's chasing he's chasing he's chasing a a, a, a force user that's not quite powerful enough oh. to be on Darth Vader's hunting radar. Yeah. Right, right. But right, he right. has strong motivation to hate the Jedi. So right, the rumor right, of someone right. with that who's a criminal, who has a bounty on her head, like, cause again, don't have him as Boba Fett the assassin. Yeah. You know, taking out a hut. He's legitimately trying to bag somebody. Yep. And then we, and then we could possibly see as a mm. post credit thing, this is how people like, He's going after Mara Jade. Ah, and that's how she becomes a hand. You know, again, yeah, she's yeah. been written out of canon. Here's how you can bring her back. Now, granted, it, bringing her back into canon kind of creates some problems because as far as we know, Luke never married anybody. Right. Yeah, but you don't. Or, right, or maybe he did. And but, you don't, but you don't. But you don't. But you don't. Also, you also don't have to bring her back into canon and then make her the love interest of Luke. You can just bring her in because she was a pretty damn cool character. Well, there, ha- there's, there has been a rumor that has gone out. That Lucasfilm put out a casting call for somebody to play a character named Mara. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, I mean, but that, that could you mean know, that could mean a million things. But and again, this is just me off the top of my head. I'm sure you know 
dedicated people who, you know, imagination is their job can come up with something cooler than that. But if I was going to approach yeah, it, that's it's pretty like, good. That, I mean, you know, not bad. actually, yeah, not bad. you know, kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Force, force, about, force yeah. user, you get an ad, and then this is how you become like a hand of the emperor. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, because we've seen, you know, the emperor is kind of like people chasing people down in rebels. Right. Well, where do they come from? You know, I, right. I'm sure most of their stuff is probably done in there, but you know, but as you can, as there's you can, all, yeah, there's always like as you can just, see, the emperor likes his friends. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, I mean, he he, he does. If you, you, when you look at his, you know, he's always out there trying to find more and more and collect more and more. Friends. I mean, hell, if I wanted to see a movie, like so, I'd love to see something where it focuses on, um, like. Spying and counter spying, and yes, you know, yeah. like see something that takes place where you know someone's doing a a, a spy run on the ISB, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, like a James Bond style, uh, you know, mission. Yeah, where you know, yeah, again, we got a little really bit of a cool. feel of that in Rogue One because uh, right. it's kind of that heist thing. But you know, but, but more of this kind of like war movie. So yeah, but you know, have something more like kind of James Bond where they right. they have to go in and they blend in and they're trying to you know do a thing, whatever mm-hmm. that is. You know, well then uh, that would be know, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also other. I mean, that's the real cool thing is too with a universe so big and a timeline so large. As I, I'd, I'd really like to see him kind of do like a Knights of the Old Republic kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing. Why do we have to be in, in this yeah. time frame? Exactly. There's yeah. so many other right. time frames. Yeah. Or, 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 or go for the future. Yeah. Well, or, 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 yeah, yeah. that was, that was yeah. also one of the rumors that the John Favreau series could be something from like Knights of the Old Republic or, like you know, or something like that. from a different time period. I think there's a lot so of opportunity knows? there. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Now, the final potential movie I'm going to mention is something that was more of an offhand comment, but I just want to get your thoughts on this. And it's a character that I've always liked, but don't really know much about. And it was uh, Lawrence Kasdan made an offhand comment that he was doing something with the character of Bosk. <laughs> so would we want to see a Bosk movie? <laughs> Again, I I love. Can, Bos- can he carry a whole movie? Exactly. that's, that's my thing. Yeah. He, he doesn't speak. Right. Um, he Bosk has always been one of my favorite bounty hunters, and like IG eighty eight. I don't don't ask me why, well, but that could that could also go into the Boba Fett thing. You know how they interact with right, yeah, with one another. R- rival, yeah, rivalry right there. Going at yep. going after the same bounty. Exactly. But would a Bosk movie be stretching things a little too far? Maybe. Well, this goes back into: Can you do it on a tight budget? Mm. If you, if you could shoot that movie for fifty million dollars, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But they, they don't really mind though. They, they've got they've but, got. But, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like. You can take if you're not invest. So the thing is, is solo and Jedi, but, 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 like they they invest all of this money in there, mm-hmm. and then you get solo and people get a little leery. You make a a, a fifty million dollar thing, and 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 I have to imagine that they're starting to save props, right? Oh so, yeah. 
Well, yeah. The 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 production costs. There's got to be ways to save money. Well, JJ, right? well, JJ, JJ Abrams. The, the cool thing about Abrams is the way he's been able to do things. Is I mean, he does. He likes a lot of live action stuff as but much the, as he can. Yeah. As much as he can, but at the same time, he saves a whole ton of money. I mean, when you actually right, look yeah. at his production values, his movies cost you know one third of what like a big. Hollywood budget would cost mm. because he does use digital, all digital cameras. He doesn't, you know, he, he CGI's what he needs to, but does a lot of live action sequence right. stuff. But he also, his production schedules are very quick, very fast. Mm. He knows what he wants. He goes in there. He does it. Boom, 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 boom. He, he lines up everything, you know, it, it he just he, needs someone to help him with scale. Yeah, right. Yeah, a little bit in story, like yeah, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, then, he's 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 pretty darn quick. So I mean, if you if you've got like someone like him, and you get like film, and this is what I think the problem I have with Ron Howard, even though Solo's budget was a little bit expanded, mm. but you can kind of understand because they got rid of the original two directors, it delays, and yeah. the delay and that kind of stuff. And then Howard comes in, and obviously he's an old school kind of director. So, I mean, he's going to have a little bit bigger budget. But I think if you... I think you can do what you, what you ask yeah, it, like, for cheaper, but I don't know about $50 million, but, I mean, you can probably do it for seventy five. Well, who's your, who's your, who's your big-name actor that you're spending money on for Bosk, right? Like, you, that's... Yeah, he's going to be in a... Because you don't, you don't have to get Woody Harrelson. No, no, no. But, I mean... I, I mean, granted, you want to, you know, you, you want to spend some money for someone who's going to put butts, butts in the seats, right? Uh, but, with that said, like, again, take a look at the types of movies you're telling. Tell smaller stories that expand the universe... And I think you have the opportunity to take risks. Yeah, I think right, yeah. I think I think he would. I think Bosk would be something more like a miniseries, mm. like like yeah, you know, maybe, like yeah. go go like a like a almost like a Game of Thrones kind of thing. You know, mm. maybe you know a little bit over an hour each film, almost kind of like a like a Lost in Space Netflix kind of deal. Mm. You know, oh just, yeah, man, that that surprised the hell out of me. I still haven't watched it yet. It's I want to, but won't it, spoil it. It's good. It was. For me, it was surprisingly good. Like, yeah, that's I, what I've been hearing. Yeah, well, I, I watch it and I'm like, "Ah, oh, what the heck?" And I, and I put on the first episode and I'm like, "Huh, mm. okay, well, this is this is similar. This is very different." I just and then and then and then the thing happens and then it's like, "Oh wow, this is really interesting." And then the robot thing happens and I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> and there's just enough of a mystery to kind of. Okay, well, I want to see where this goes oh. and where's that headed, and then and then the big reveal of the whole setup is like, okay, now <laughs> I need to see season two. So, <laughs> but I, I just figured out where they're gonna. I hope that was vague enough. Whether, whether, <laughs> what they can do with that kind of stuff is that listen, Disney Disney wants to own, do its own streaming, so it, it wants right, to take yeah. all of its stuff off of Netflix. It wants to do its own. So guess what. Small movies, small movies, right? You know, put, it, put it on mini, the paper, mini series. Yep. you know the, right. the, the, the yeah. Netflix model. Yep. You know, would you would you subscribe to something if you're getting an eight episode Bosque series? Exactly. You know, and again, look at different ways of telling your your medium. Like, if the story was good enough, I'd watch a friggin' motion comic of something. Oh, right. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. and and honestly, how much does a motion comic? cost to produce mm. voice acting and then the animation of the art right yep. uh you know and plus it's not obviously even, it's not you know, full animation so exactly yeah. you know i watched uh 
what was it, Jessica Drew of Sword or something oh, that was on right, Netflix. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and I'm like, mm, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, but they get, it's not quite a comic, not quite a cartoon, but I mean, I also yeah, they, watched uh, the old Iron Man cartoon from, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, back in the day. And yeah. like, you know, that, that had very minimal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you but know. you can do. I mean, again, like like Netflix is altered carbon. You can make a little story like that out of you know the bounty hunters of and of and the they stretch that budget really oh, tight. Yeah. Like that was super believable. That's another one well, I haven't watched. Well, well, the, oh, that one was so yeah, good. I'm cool still behind is, though. Everything. Is that you can you you can film that that one that one series front to back. You don't have to stop, and right. then you just segment it. Mm-hmm. And then boom, you throw it on. You throw it on Disney's new streaming, and boom, boom. So can they do it? Ba-boom, yes, indeed. Yeah. It, yeah. Honestly, it all to me, it all boils down to: is it going to be a good story? Right. Right. And yeah. and Solo was a good story. It yeah. was. You know. I mean, again, didn't knock my socks off, but not no. every single movie needs to. No, it was. You know, it was like I said, it could be it, it, part it was of it. Fun. Part of it. What I liked about Solo was it was fun. It was interesting. It was cool seeing mm-hmm. all those cool characters. Right. A little bit of background story. And now it's a good setup movie because guess what? You you know you can get a sequel out of right, it. Right, yeah. You know there's stories that, that those little stories. They kept the aesthetic stories. beautifully. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, like the speederies driving and the Millennium Falcon no, displays. Yeah. And, like and, yeah, it, it, like got, it felt very 70s retro future tech. Right. Which I liked, you know. And listen, uh, as, a, as an aircraft mechanic, I absolutely love seeing the uh, shipyards of Corellia. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, to me, that's that's <laughs> like, you know, like, I, like I'd like i make a mini-series about the damn shipyard guys and, you know, union struggles with, <laughs> with the Empire and trying, also, yeah. <laughs> trying to get those fuel generators. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you imagine the logistics of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, you know. Well, that's, and why that, well, maybe it's because they got anti-grav technology but why build on the ground like build it in space i know well that's like i liked seeing the um the at hollow that they stole yeah that that was kind of neat like yeah yeah you know it just answers a small question like right how how do they get it from point a to point b how did the ad hats get on hoth (laughs) yeah there you you know it was cool all right so uh i guess that's gonna do it I think we've. Uh, Otherwise, we'll keep going on. And I know. Hold on. I got to get my, my, my fan theory on record before, oh, we, we, before we end. Oh, boy. Go. All right. Oh, got a fan theory. Ray. A, is the Solo's, child. Solo's no, father. No, 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 no. <laughs> she she <laughs> hops back in time. She gets the Deadpool thing from Deadpool. He goes back. First, and kills Ryan Reynolds before he takes. Yeah, and, and first, she, first she 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 pumps yeah. one in Ryan Reynolds, and then she goes and she finds George Lucas and gives him a good one for Ryan uh, Johnson. There, no Ray is the child. Oh, you told me this one. Before. Yes, of Wedge Antilles in Nora Wexley. I'm putting it right there. It's all on tape right now. That's my fan theory. Here's the interesting thing: if if it was still The Last Jedi, I would say they're never going to answer it. But the fact that they're going back to J.J. Abrams to close out the trilogy, mm. who the hell knows? Because, like, honestly, half of half of uh, Last Jedi seemed like a big middle finger to uh, s- some of the stuff that happened in Force Awakens. <laughs> oh, you want to you fight out about Snoke? Oh, we're just going to kill him. Oh, you want to fight about Ray? We're not telling you a goddamn thing. <laughs> and the weird thing is, like, as much as it's like, oh, yeah, that stuff before... Like, I'm like, oh, this is really good. This is fascinating. I like the fact that we don't know who she is. Yeah. 
you no. know. But that's that's my that's my fan theory because a she's a damn hell of a good pilot, and how she become such a good pilot? Well, Nora Wexley, Wedge and Chili's great pilots. Guess what? Guess what they did after the, like the aftermath series? They went to the academy on Hosney and Prime, became flight instructors. Because or or maybe she's the daughter of Maz and uh, the the the, no, no, no. the slicer. She got to be hu- she got to be human. <laughs> and Wedge and Tilly's. And the- <laughs> that explains how she has the force ability. Yeah. Yep. Maz does seem to be force sensitive. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and how she knows her daughter when she walks through the door. Oh my child! She says, "My child." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, the evidence is all there. That's my fa- that's my fan theory. So all I'm right, putting then, it right there. You heard it here. It's first. on record. It's on record. Excellent. We'll see if it has any hope of coming true. Anyway. <laughs> There's always a new hope. <laughs> and on that note. Anybody else got fan theory? Yeah, I got a fan theory. Yeah. What's yeah. that? It, this episode's going to end. <laughs> Eventually. Um, no, I don't. I don't do fan theories. Oh, come on. You got to have some. Nope. Not even one. Nope. Not even a little bit. Nope. Not even like what what what's Chewbacca wearing underneath that uh, sash? I don't know. Baby. <laughs> what what do you think happens to um to the crew of the ghost? They die. You think they all die? Eventually, everybody dies. Well, obviously, but I'm saying <laughs> I'm I'm saying Original. like once it catches once it catches up to rebels because we know at least through Rogue One, uh, what's her name is floating around at a minimum because mm-hmm. they call her out by name. And we see the ship. Hera, it it has been now established somewhere that Hera, Hera goes all the way. Oh, actually, it was established that in the final episode of of the Rebels cartoon, Hera goes all the way at least to the Battle of Endor. Really? Mm. See, I'm not caught up on Rebels, so. Oh, sorry, spoiler. Hey, <laughs> again, is that going to change? Like, no, anything meaningful? Like, no. For, for no. me, spoilers. It, if it's integral to the plot, like, oh, by the way, verbal is Caius or Soze, I'd be pissed off if you told me that before seeing the usual suspect. Right. Or, <laughs> right, but, or um, Vader is Luke's father. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, that's, that, uh, <laughs> that, that's like an emotional kind of impact gun wrenching thing. Like, right. you know, maybe you don't tell me that, but like, uh, I'm trying to think, like, I, I've had other like, stuff spoiled um, where it's like, oh, and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. Actually, it, you know, most, Pacific Rim or, okay, fine. Most whatever. recent Chris, who I went to see Solo with, he, the morning we went to go see it, the morning before we went to go see it, he had the Darth Maul thing spoiled online. Oh, did he? Yeah, something. Oh, yeah, yeah see, I see. I totally stay away from that. So the big spoiler. But what really sucks is he found that out. Right before we went to see it. Yeah, so, that was... I think My that, son got really excited. He's like, is that Darth Maul? And I'm like, sounds like Palpatine. And I said, oh, yeah, that's probably my man crush, uh, Sam Witwer. Yeah. So I said, it could be either Palpatine or... Or it could be the living embodiment of the dark side of the force, or it could be Darth Maul. He's done so many voices. You did so. say you were going to mention your well, man crush. Well, yeah, so <laughs> Sam Witwer, like, um, I listened to... Uh, a Star Wars RPG podcast. Um, is it an RPG podcast? Oh, yeah. They, wow. They've been like hundreds of episodes, uh, and I'm blanking on the name right now, but they're on uh, D20 Radio, uh, the Order 66 podcast. Uh, okay. So I've been listening to them, and they were talking, and then Sam Witwer called into the show, and he's been on the show <laughs> oh, multiple times because he runs 
he runs Star Wars RPGs for his buddies, huh. you know, in between his acting. They all get together and they play for like three days straight and he's their game master. And so I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And he's just, he's just a funny guy. And when you hear him talking kind of just on air, it's like, oh, he, he, he's like, he, he could be like your buddy, right? As someone that you would know. Mm. You know, and then I went back and I started seeing all of the other stuff that he had been in, you know, stuff that I had already seen, like, cause he's in Battlestar Galactica. He's, um, Crashdown. Do you remember the, the, the guy who lands on, um, Cobol and starts flipping out the lieutenant? Uh, yeah. Uh, with the dark hair. He's also, what's the character's name? Aiden in, uh, Being Human. He's the vampire in the U.S. Yes. version of Being Human. Uh, uh right, he yeah. was, he was the, he was the, the, Paramedic, who was the human side of Doomsday, it was in, a little stalkerish. Yeah, it, <laughs> IMDb. <laughs> I know. But anyway, <laughs> and, and so you know, and he's got a very distinctive voice when he's doing his voice acting stuff. So you know, I heard it. And I'm like, oh, it sounds kind of like the Emperor. But my son's like, that's very cool. And he, he flipped out. So it was a good reveal. Yeah, it was. <sighs> well, on that note. Uh, I guess it's time to wrap things up. So let's put it in the hyperdrive and take out of the Falcon's Lounge. <laughs> that was slick. <laughs> you like that? You should remember that, that for the next time. Yeah, because I was gonna. Well, if if we should uh, write that if Posco was gonna be here, I was gonna call him my little Wookie Cookie. Wookie <laughs> <laughs> Wookie Cookie. Yeah. Anyway. What the hell is... Oh. <laughs> You're going to wrap it up. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with us for so long. Yes, thank, thank you. for you. geeking out with us. Please leave comments below. That's and we'll, and we'll good. Be, and we'll be back. Yeah, go ahead and leave your comments. Be be nice. Um, please. Uh, so, I want to thank Jimbo and Cedric for joining me this evening. Thanks My for having pleasure. us. And thank you, Jimbo, for coming up with this idea. Not a problem. I like this. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have more of these. Falcon's Lounge. Um... Before we go, any last thoughts from you guys? No? I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just uh, looking forward to more Star Wars because, uh, you know, it's really cool. Get out there, read some of the books. Pretty cool, too. Yeah. Yeah, our yeah. next episode should be on droid rights. <laughs> yeah. Because we didn't get to go into that. That <laughs> no, was my no, favorite right? part. Like, ah, just rise that was up. Awesome. I love rise that. Rise up. Take off the shackles. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. So. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening to... Uh, the the Falcons Lounge brought to you by the New England Society of Geeks and uh we'll to, we'll we'll uh until next time like <laughs> I gotta come up with a same better space finish. time same space channel yeah that's kind of <laughs> cool uh yeah so good night everybody and thanks for listening <laughs> young fool only now at the end do you understand. <laughs>